The economy is crumbling, they say it's had its day. The workers are all rumbling, revolution's on the way. But I could never be a Marxist, it goes against the grain. And before you call me past it, give me a chance to explain. You say, come up to Port Newell, he went with Danny Baker. Welcome to Radical, a podcast about the radical aspects of politics, music and football. I'm your host, Cas Mudde. My guest today is Laurien Schreuder. Laurien is the artistic director of Snow Apple, a multidisciplinary international ensemble that combines theater with a wide range of different music genres, from pop to opera and avant-garde cumbia. Snow Apple has spoken out on political issues, most notably violence against women in Mexico. This year, on International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women, Snow Apple and Mexican singer Vivier Quintana released the song Alerta and a video of testimonials. We'll talk about music and politics in general and Snow Apple's decision to become active around the issue of femicide in Mexico in particular. Welcome to the podcast, Lavin. Hello. So my first question is always the same. What was the first sports team you ever supported? Um, yeah, I was just thinking about it. That's a difficult question. I was never really into a team, but I'm from Amsterdam. So Ajax was kind of the city uh, football team. I was always into also the women teams of football and also field hockey. But I don't really enjoy going to matches, I have to admit. That is good. And it's also good that it wasn't only about Ajax. <laughs> the second, what is your favorite political song? Yeah, I think it, it is probably a Cancion Sin Miedo from Bibir Quintana, uh, with whom we recorded. I'm a huge fan of hers, and it's a beautiful song. And I'm very happy that later we got to collaborate with Bibir as well. Yeah, that must be awesome to work together with someone you admire. Yeah. And finally, what is your favorite political book? I think it is Marina Tsvetaeva's Red Catcher. It is not a really famous one. Do you know it? No, I do not. So it's a red catcher. So it's a, it's a version of Pied Piper by this ru Russian poet Marina Tsvetaeva. And it's a political satire. So she uses poetry, actually, to talk about the situation in Russia. And the nice thing is that the Pied Piper stands for the arts and for the artist that doesn't have an authority. And uh, that's why I think it's a good example. But it, of course, it's difficult to choose. <laughs> <laughs> it always is. So let's start with the story of Snow Apple. When, where and why were you founded? Yeah, it's interesting because I actually studied physics at the University of Amsterdam. But I started singing, and in the beginning, that was just as a side job, student job. I was doing opera performances, and I also started to sing harmonies with friends. And that is when Snow Apple was founded. Those folk tunes with three-part harmonies became really popular amongst our friends, and then with record labels, bookers, and soon we were touring all over the world. So I just fell into it. That's awesome. So Snow Apple also has a manifesto where it lays out a lot of positions on a lot of issues, mostly on art, but also in part on politics as well as the relationship between the two. And so the manifesto states, and I quote, art is a defender of the basic and necessary values of human life, end of quote. Can you elaborate on that statement? What do you exactly want to convey with this message? 
Yeah, I think sometimes societies get stuck into certain structures that are not good for certain people. A structure is always good for some and not for some others, like minorities. And in order to keep that fluent and keep the structures changing for the better of everyone, you need kind of a catalyst. And I think that can be the arts. So the arts is there to ask questions and to raise creative minds and to um, shuffle up things that are in order. Does art still do that? I mean, we read a lot about the role of the arts through history, but there's also a lot of critique that, particularly because of neoliberalism, everything has become very commercial and as a consequence kind of play it safe. Do you feel that the art still performs this function? Yes, I think art will always perform that function, but what is art and maybe not all music performs this function, for example, or not all films or photographs or visual arts. But I definitely think art does. I do think like it goes kind of in circles. So sometimes art becomes maybe a little bit more popular or average But then in a situation like, for example, we are now in, in this crisis of the COVID or other problems that are happening, then again, the art finds its voice and always people will stand up. So I do think it will always remain. When I started the podcast, I interviewed Billy Bragg and we talked also about how COVID had affected him and it has really changed a lot. But I spoke to him in the first wave, and we're now close to the third one. Like We're more than a year in. How has COVID affected Snow Apple? We really took the fight mode, and we were really like, what can we do? What should we do? So immediately we started doing projects. But then also after a while, you get tired of that and you become depressed as everyone else. But then somehow we found the power again and we started a a very large film project called A Moonless Night. And we had a crew of 40 people or so exactly right in the middle of the two waves we were able to record. And yeah, we really try to keep the art going and also use art to, to motivate people to, to not give up and um, change will come. So the manifesto also states we're fighting for an art form rooted in reality and society, committed to social current issues, bearing questions and debates. How does Snow Apple do this? And do you feel this is missing from art in general and music in particular these days? Or do you see yourself as one of a lot of voices? So we are trying to make an art form that is rooted in in reality and society. And it is very difficult. I think we don't always succeed, but we try to really be there with the people and for the people and not any special because we are artists or any better or any worse and be in the moment with everyone. We think that is very important and we try to do that. And then I had a second half of the question. So is this missing from art in general? Maybe sometimes it is, but artists need to find their voice. And sometimes it takes time and sometimes artists will never find it. And we are also constantly struggling to find our voice and what are we doing and why are we doing it? And yeah, that's a constant question. Yeah, you need to keep asking yourself. And the voice changes. There are times that you might want to focus on different issues and with different voices. So as I said at the introduction, 
Snow Apple has focused in particular on the issue of femicide in Mexico. How did that come about? So we always have been touring a lot internationally and nationally. And Snow Apple was born in Amsterdam. Wherever we travel, we always play together with people who we meet there. We really enjoy to play with musicians from other cultures because it brings a new element to the music and it inspires us. So when we were in Mexico, we started playing with some Mexican musicians. Osito Morovon Ropi is his nickname, Mauricio Diaz Reyes. He's from a band called Los de Abajo, a ska band from Mexico. And with uh, Cynthia Martinez, she is a cellist, bass player. She used to play with the band Polka Madre, also from Mexico. And Cynthia was really concerned with the situation for the women in Mexico. She really wanted to do something for these women. So the situation in Mexico, she explained us, is that around nine some say 10, 11, 12 women a day are murdered for the fact that they are a woman. So that is the term femicide. And she met some mothers of the murdered children and she felt so sorry for them and she wanted to do something to give them some warmth and some strength. And we decided to make a song and a video. So that was around three years ago, we released the song La Llorona a version with new lyrics. And that became hugely popular. Women started singing that on the streets, demonstrations. I initially only did it to help Cynthia, my band member, in her fight. And then slowly we found out the women in Mexico are very happy with this international voice and that we were able to raise a little bit of awareness in other countries than Mexico itself. And that is where it all started. So I guess that many people outside of Mexico, when they hear about violence in Mexico, be that against men or women, they think about the war on drugs. But is this a much broader problem? Is this perhaps related to the broader machismo culture or is this a global problem? Is there something specifically Mexican and what is it? I think it is a global problem because even in, in Holland, it happens quite often more than I realized initially. I think in many cultures, it is normal for the men to be violent against the wife or sister family. But in Mexico, it is, yeah, it has its own reasons as well. It has to do also with people moving away from rural areas into more industrial places. So, for example, a girl would go to another city to work in a factory and there she doesn't have family. So she's quite isolated and she starts to maybe make a little bit of money. And the men, they don't accept that and they actually can violate her because she doesn't have any family. And also that is the thing with, of course, other drugs and the cartel and the police is very corrupt so they are not going to help a girl. So in Mexico, there is this problem that then there is no justice for this girl. Nobody will look after her. Nobody will even know what happened. Nobody seems to care, except for now a larger and larger group of women that starts to raise their voices. So that is what's happening now in, in Mexico as well, that the women movement really starts to make a difference. 
I remember reading about the missing women, I think it was in Juarez, factory workers who just disappeared in ridiculous numbers and were found and politicians stayed away of it. So in what way has Snow Apple become politically active around this issue? What have you done beyond the songs? Yeah, so we try to not necessarily become political, but also not to avoid the topic. So what we try to do is find a way to use art to raise questions and to talk about the topic by not explicitly naming it. And I think it is a really good way to plant a seed with people to start thinking about it and also to feel that they are not alone and that people actually care. Also artists who, of course, have a larger reach because they have fans and followers. But I thought that Snow Apple has also played at concerts that were organized by the UN around this issue or other issues. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because in, in Mexico, Cynthia calls herself a feminist, but the Dutch part of Snow Apple, the women, we don't necessarily call ourselves feminists. We think it is not normal that women are being violated. And actually our male friends also think that that is not normal. So practically we are raising our voice for basic human rights for everyone. And that's why we do participate in events from the UN and also women marches or other political marches. But we never explicitly name statements. We are there more to raise questions and to yeah, open up the minds to think freely about these problems. I still would like to ask you a little bit about this though, because why do... I think all three members of the original members of Snow Apple are women. Why don't you call yourselves feminists? Particularly the argument that you give isn't one of the main claims of feminism that women's rights are human rights? Yeah, so probably you are right. You are the professor of political science. That is a good question. Maybe we all are. But we don't explicitly name ourselves like that. Like I don't put it on my Facebook profile, for example. But yeah, probably we are. We are really... Um, fighting for our rights, indeed. Yeah, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of and actually to be proud of. Yeah, no, 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 that is true. Yeah, no, that's, that's true, yeah. So has this experience with working with particularly musicians in Mexico, hearing about femicide, making songs about it, performing concerts in that context of the politicization, has it changed Snow Apple and its members? Has it made it a political band? Or has it made it you and others more cautious about becoming too political? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Because as soon as you become involved in a movement like that, also you get interviews like this one, for example, where you start talking about these topics. So you need to think very carefully what you're going to say. I didn't study political science. So I sometimes, and it's difficult. What do you find on the internet? So I, I really am researching and trying to find the right people to talk about these topics. Because, of course, it is also being a band that is half international and only half Mexican is quite sensitive that we are going to help our members in Mexico. We think about it a lot. And also that was the reason we made our manifesto where we state clearly why we do what we do. 
what is our motivation. And you can also see in the manifesto, we don't explicitly say things about the femicides, for example, but we try to keep it more global because every band member in the band has their own topics that they care more about. And it's not only women or human rights, it can also be other things. Right. And talking about those other things, have there been issues in your own direct context, be it Amsterdam local or Dutch political issues that the band has been involved in or vocal on? Yeah, I think in Holland we are really pro-free spaces, such as the ADM. I don't know if anyone over there knows what it is, but it is like a free space in Amsterdam. In, in Holland it's very special. We used to have a very large squat scene and there were a few free spaces. There are still a few left of people who try to live in a different way, more anarchistic and with another system, trying out how you can live in another way. And we really support that. We think it's very important that we don't all stick to the rules that, that are given by us by the government, but that we also keep on searching for better ways to live together and to be free. What is freedom? That's a big topic of, <laughs> of our current theater play, also Mr. Moon, that we're playing in summer. Right. So for most people who listen... And who hear the word Amsterdam, they think about this kind of, in positive terms probably, kind of a Sodom and Gomorrah where everything is possible and you have all this freedom. And having grown up, of course, in the Netherlands, but a long time ago, I still remember the squatter scene of the late 70s, mid 80s, which was a very large movement and which was truly autonomous. And also in Amsterdam, which in many ways was, I would say, more open than it is today, in part because of the power of real estate managers. Do you feel that Amsterdam is still that kind of beacon of freedom and also for the arts or have things changed? I don't want to answer too negatively on this question. So I'm going to say for myself that with Snow App, we did manage to remain autonomous in some ways, not always and not in every way. And we really got the chance from these places like the ADM or Ruigort or other squats or free places here. And we do think that we found our way, but yeah. It is also changing and, and the political landscape in Holland is also changing. Yeah, it's a hard battle. I mean, when I was studying at university, the government would pay for my studies. And now it's becoming more and more difficult for students. Yeah, it is, uh, it is changing. and We need to keep on fighting for our freedom. There is a long relationship between the more conservative the culture becomes and the more radical the arts become. So perhaps this is actually not too bad from an arts perspective. So finally, what is the most important misunderstanding about music and politics in your mind? Music and politics, yeah. I think musicians should really look for ways to inspire audience and make them question things and not make statements It is a thin line. So you think artists should ask the questions rather than provide the answers? Yeah, I think that that is, yeah, that is definitely what we try to do. And I think that that is a way to really aim for change, to let people realize themselves and let them think for themselves and not anyone thinking for them, just providing ideas. 
It's funny because it's a very optimistic view of humanity, particularly coming from a more liberal person, whereas what we have seen over the last 10 years or so, particularly in response to Brexit and Trump, is that within the liberal community, I would say, there are more and more people who worry about just asking the questions because of the type of answers that come. I think the whole coronavirus debate, for example, is a very good example where you see an increasing push to actually make sure not only to provide the answers, but by and large to bar wrong answers. Yeah, but I am a very positive person. And also, I think as an artist... So we are now making a show, uh, Mr. Moon, it's called a theater show that can also play on the streets. So we can play in the outdoor and in the summer we're going to tour all over Europe. And what we want to do, we want to create a really safe environment for people where they feel happy for a moment. Even though some questions we're raising might be kind of into your face, but you do feel happy and we do want to give warmth and strength and love. And it sounds a bit hippie, but I think if people are more happy, they will also make better choices, better for humanity. And I think if people are unhappy, they are going to do strange things. And we are partly responsible as artists to help provide that warmth. I have to add this, but the Dutch are among the happiest people in the world, and they just voted for a pretty right-wing parliament. Yeah, this is a long discussion. But are Dutch people the happiest in the world? Yeah, the survey say so. And to be honest, as a Dutch person, I find this pretty hard to believe. But then again, the Finns are the happiest people, according to most studies. And like they also have traditionally one of the highest rates of suicide. So maybe we should not trust all the surveys. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Larry. Thank you. If you want to know more about Snow Apple, check out their website at www.snowapple.nl or follow them on Twitter at at SnowAppleNL, or on Instagram at SnowAppleMusic. Thank you for listening, and remember, please like, share, and subscribe. This was another episode of Radical, the podcast on the radical aspects of music, politics, and sports, hosted by me, Kas Mudde. The music is from the Godots with their classic song, Karl Marx supported Millwall. I want to thank Tarek Sidik for helping me with the editing of today's episode. If you want to know more about Radical, visit our website at www.radicalpodcast.com. Radical spelled R-A-D-I-K-A-A-L. And if you like the podcast, please rate and subscribe. Also, please share it with friends and on social media. Thank you for listening. The economy is crumbling. They say it's at its day. The workers are all rumbling. Revolution's on the way. But I could never be a Marxist. It goes against the grain. And before you call me past it, give me a chance to explain. You say, come up to Port Newell. He went with Danny Baker. So you silly disco songs of Lady Melody Baker And see him down at Dunkow Playing with his beard No wonder that that's Captain Tau Turned out a little weird